Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. That's where I, Sam Roberts, talk about wrestling. And I do it with wrestlers. And do it with people that I know sometimes. Katie Linendahl is going to be a part of the show. Actually, Katie Linendahl is all over the show today. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, Roman Reigns last week. If you missed that, definitely download it. Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, and you can uh, you can get the last week's. You can get the last 52 podcasts if you want, but Roman Reigns is really good on the podcast. And maybe if you listen to that conversation, maybe you'll understand why I'm a little sympathetic to him. Maybe it's just because I like him and he's a good guy. Uh, I just think he's got a lot of potential. We'll talk about all that. There's so much to talk about this week. I feel like maybe it's because of the ratings. Maybe it's just the direction everybody wants to go in. But uh, after Hell in a Cell, WWE's landscape has completely changed. There's so much going on right now. It's actually really exciting, and it rarely happens in October. You know, usually this is the downtime for WWE. But right now... It's very, very exciting. A lot to talk about. We'll get into We'll have an extended state of wrestling. I can promise you that. Katie Linendahl will be here for that. But first, let's get right into the interview. We were down at the Performance Center. If you missed it, uh, definitely go to uh, the Extra Mustard section of SportsIllustrated.com. You can also, I, there's an easy link to find it, NotSam.com. But Katie Linendahl and I were down at the Performance Center, and we did a video for Sports Illustrated about uh, Breaking Ground. Uh, but part of that video was getting to interview a bunch of the superstars, one of them being Tyler Breeze. We did this interview with Tyler days, days before he made his SmackDown debut. Uh, so let's get right to it. Tyler Breeze at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, the audio is taken off the video, which we will have on YouTube, uh, hopefully within a week. Uh, so check it out. Tyler Breeze here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast Interview. We're at the WWE Performance Center. Sam Roberts, Katie Linendahl, and this dreamboat to my left is Tyler Breeze. Tyler, what's the haps? Hello. <laughs> Hello again. How are you guys? It's like a monthly thing I look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding Tyler Breeze. But this is the first time we really get to sit down and spend a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Normally know. it's a quick little thing, but this right. time I think we got a little bit of time. Right. Well, uh, breaking ground has got to be a big deal for you because I feel like... A little bit on the ESPN E60 piece, mm-hmm. we got to know you outside of Tyler Breeze, but Tyler Breeze is such a big character, and I think it's one of the few characters that people actually still get kind of lost in. Yeah. Like, they look at you as if you're this person. Um, are you excited to be able to show yourself on Breaking Ground, or are you worried that it might disrupt the illusion? No, I mean, I, th- I think people, for the most part, um, you know, that's kind of the thing is they can get lost in the illusion. Right. So, and they like to get lost in the illusion. You know, if they watch me do an interview or something, um, you know, if they see me or if they see Tyler Breeze, it's, it's all, you know, they, it just raises questions and they want to know more and they want to know more. And so it's kind of the beauty of Breaking Ground is they're getting to know more. They're getting to, you know, kind of see stuff that they've never seen before. Um, and for me personally, it's kind of cool because I've been on the, you know, the ground floor of a lot of things, including NXT when it first started up. Um, and now, you know, this is another kind of project that we're undertaking and, um, you know, it's the first time that people actually get to take a peek behind the scenes at myself and a lot of other people and see what we do outside of our time in the ring. And, you know, I think people are excited about it. You get to see all your seasonal residences. Exactly. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yeah. Which is your favorite? 
Uh, you know what? The, too many. There's too many. I'll stay tuned. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Right. No know? spoilers. I mean, you gotta watch the show. So, do you think a show like this could have been done? You were uh, a part of this when it was FCW mm-hmm. before there was a performance center. Yes. Uh, you were there. Do you think this type of show could have been done when this was FCW and it was smaller? Um, I mean, they could have done it. Uh-huh. Um, would it have been what it's about to be right now? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of you know how much we've grown, how much FCW has become NXT, and how NXT has grown into really an entity of its own that people are fully behind and that you know can sell out a ten thousand seat arena. Um, you know that is what is going to you know sell breaking ground. Right. And I don't think that we had that before. I think it really took you know what we've what we've built over the years to make something like this something that people want to tune in and see something they you know actually are going to seek out and want to see episode after episode and probably season after season. How do you feel about your role in NXT right now? Because to me as just a watcher, it seems like you're really being used as a guy who they can depend on for good matches. Mm-hmm. Who's always, so if Jushin Liger is going to be in town, we're going to give him to Breeze. If uh, we need a good match for Apollo, mm-hmm. we're going to give him to Breeze. But that said, you know, while you're making other people look good, do you feel like you're not getting enough time to make yourself that um, that entity? I mean, you know what? You could really look at it from a couple different perspectives. Yeah. Um, what I like to look at it is basically those are opportunities. You know, any time that they're going to say, hey, we're going to put you on NXT Brooklyn in front of 16,000 people with a legend like Yushin Thunder Liger, uh, you know, it's, it's not like you're going to be like, ah, you know, damn. That, that's, <laughs> right. that's something that's really cool and that nobody before me got to wrestle uh, Liger in a WWE ring right. I, I'm the only person and the first person to ever do that so that's an opportunity for me you know even it, it doesn't matter really what the end result is I'm the person in there with him mm-hmm. um, you know and, and to me that's very important and the same thing with Cruz Cruz is someone who you know nobody has really seen a lot of him yet he's brand new he's fresh to the company and he's fresh to the audience and the audience wants to see more from him they want to see him in a spot to, you know, does he have what it takes in a 10-minute match, a 15-minute match, a 20-minute match? And if I'm the person that has the opportunity to show everybody that, then I kind of take a pride in that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's another opportunity for, for me to, you know, it, it, as much as it highlights him, I think it highlights me as well. And, you know, even you said just being a viewer, you can see this. You can see it match after match. You know, it's, like I said, end result doesn't really matter. You see that Tyler Breeze, every time I'm inside a ring, will deliver. Mm-hmm. Depending, you know, doesn't even matter who's across the ring from me. It's going to be a match that you're going to want to see again and again. How long into your career did did it take for you to get to that point where you know, like you can confidently tell me, I know that if they put me in there with whoever they put me in, I can deliver. How long does it take to get there? Um, I mean, it really depends. That can vary from person to person. Um, and for it, to, for it to be true. I know a yeah. lot of young guys can be oh, like, yeah. I'm going to steal the show every time. Yeah. It's like, Six <laughs> months in, you're like, man, I'm stealing this. Uh, no, it really depends. I mean, for me personally... Um, I was, you know, before WWE, I was four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came here for my first three years, and it really was, you know, it, I, I could do stuff, but it wasn't what you're seeing now. It's, it wasn't Tyler Breeze. It wasn't, you know, these takeover matches that you're seeing. Um, I would say probably about a year and a half uh, of being Tyler Breeze. I really got comfortable as what my character is and what my character does and, you know, where really it's almost I don't think about it I just do it yeah and that's you know it took a couple years of being Tyler Breeze to get to that point and a couple things tried before that before you really kind of find the right groove and being Tyler Breeze you have this entertainment factor that is a absolute given what's next on the forefront we've seen the selfie stick and then the evolution to Periscope 
What ideas do you have that you're cooking up? Give us a little tease. Well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a couple things in the works. Um, and definitely, you know, if we're going to do anything with technology or, you know, anything that's basically advancing daily, uh, I'm probably going to be the guy that's doing it. And That's a good place to be. Yeah. Because there's always stuff coming out. Like, way to set yourself up. <laughs> and it also says a lot, like, the fact that Tyler Breeze is the character that would be the most kind of relevant technologically yeah. <laughs> kind of goes to show how vain people yeah, are. I mean, you know what I, I mean? Well, that you're the most relatable. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is, um, you know, in WWE and, you know, wrestling in general, a lot of things have been done for, for years and years and years and years. Uh, to find something that hasn't been done before and to do it and to, you know, be successful at it is a whole other scenario altogether. Yeah. And now, you know, we've, we've done a bunch of things that haven't been done before. You know, even just something as simple as streaming a video from a phone to uh, a Tron, you know, like that's, it's, it seems simple enough, but nobody's done it before and now I'm doing it. Right. Uh, to do something on Periscope, same thing. You know, we did the thing with Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, same type of deal as Periscope. Um, and I believe last time you guys were here, we were flying a little drone around. That's so correct. you know, there's always uh -oh. there's always something there. You ever, you ever seen that happen? Uh -huh. No one's really done anything with that yet. So I mean, you know, there's always new stuff coming out. And like I said, I'm kind of take pride in being the first one to be able to do these things. You're gonna do the Lily drone, the one that follows him mm -hmm. out to the ring. I was already Incredible. watching videos on that. You know, it, it was that I saw Katie uh, was on the Today Show with a drone that was attached to a tether. Oh really? And it was like it was like it's like a drone selfie stick. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like that's perfect. Like, you just, you, like it just flies up and then you just kind of pull it wherever you want. Yeah, yeah like it's got, you got like a little plastic base and then that's it's got a cool. tether on it and so you got to just like learn how, how to control Sam it. I like how I show Sam the technology. He's like totally great for Tyler. Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, yeah. Glad that's where See? your head's at. Let's <laughs> involve it in pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Let's figure out how to. Why not? Exactly. How do you? Can I ask you one really nerdy question yeah. about how you uh, do the periscope and then feed it back to the Tron? Mm -hmm. Is that working through like Apple TV? How do you pull that off? Because that's got to be a really dedicated signal. Uh, you know what, the way we did Periscope was actually, we did it on a live takeover, and uh, so how we did it was there was a couple different accounts, so one of the phones was actually my phone, and I think the last, because I had like three or four models out there with me, and I think the last model had my phone, which yes. was connected on my Periscope. Yep. Uh, then we had WWE's Periscope on another phone, and we had NXT's Periscope on another phone. So they all walked out with the phones, and they were streaming on different things. So, you know, if whatever link you clicked, you were watching that one. Got it. And as I walked out, I just kind of went on the NXT one. I was but on the, the one WWE that goes one. to the Tron. Like mm -hmm. the the day-to-day -day one. Yeah. That's So that's more, I think that's an app. I think it's an app that they use. Um, I want to say it's like Airstream or something. They're probably going to Apple, Apple it TV. Goes, yeah, yep. it goes right to their stuff, and then they put Got it right it. up on there. Interesting. Because yeah. at the end of the match, too, which is so awesome that you close the loop. Mm -hmm. Like you're back on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Take so that back. That's yep. incredible. And they can, they can actually have that streaming the whole time. Um, so I, I believe we did it a couple takeovers where actually as I'm walking out, they're screen capping and tweeting out as I'm walking out so as good. well. See, like you're thinking it's brilliant technology-wise, and I'm thinking it's brilliant for the character that this wrestling match that mm -hmm. he was in was just kind of an interruption to yeah. his day-to-day -day life exactly. of taking selfies. Yeah. An inconvenience having yeah. to get like, in here. Uh, yeah. uh, what do you hope that gets shown? Because we've talked before about like how much work you not only have to do physically, but character development and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Is breaking ground, as far as your story, are we going to be seeing more stuff where you're physically working on things, or is it also going to be about character development? Uh, my breaking ground story is going to be a little bit different than other people's. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, the E60 part, uh, piece that you guys saw, yes. that was actually right around the time that I debuted Tyler Breeze. So they happened Ooh. to just be there right at the time when I was transitioning over into that character, so they saw all the work getting put into Tyler Breeze, all the work that got it put into actually debuting into my first match. Um, where we are right now with breaking ground is a lot more 
kind of on my personal life. So, you know, they see me, you know, advancing my life with my girlfriend and, you know, buying a house. And, you know, we, we just happened to, I actually adopted a dog that was hanging around the PC. Just, you know, he was here and I just happened to, we were having a PC all access show here. And I came here and the dog just started following me around and I kind of got concerned because there was, you know, a lot of cars all over the place. And so we tossed him in the Tough Enough house for the day, and then we came for him, and he had no oh collar, no chip, no nothing, so I took him home, and now he's at my house. So. What kind of dog is he? snapshots of you as, like, a human person. Yes. Yeah. It's very genuine. What so, kind of dog is it? Uh, he's kind of a mix of a bunch of things. We don't, we don't fully know. He's a dog we found. Yeah, yeah but he, he's, he's really cool, and, uh, you know, we love having him at home. Um, but that was another thing that they just happened to stumble upon. The cameras were rolling, and I just saw him. I was like, you know, he kind of found me is what we say, you know, because I was just walking around. He followed me around, and I think I was bringing my bag in or something, and he was jumping at my bag Aww. and just playing. And it really cool. So um, they happened to get that on camera, and, um, you know, just kind of a... It's it's kind of a cool time that they happen to catch on these uh, yeah. on these episodes. So. But you know from the power of editing, is there any moments that you've had you're like, oh man, that's going to be the one. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, there's a couple where you didn't even realize because they were all over the place. So we did like a couple outside of Florida shows where we went to Texas and um, I think they were there for the Texas shows and maybe Nashville. And uh, we're in the airport, and you know you're you're tired in the morning, and you're just kind of you know sitting there talking to your friends and whatever. And all of a sudden you're just like mid conversation, and you glance over, and there's a camera recording it all, and you're oh, what did I say? <laughs> I, I think I think I think we were okay. Okay, I think we're okay. But we'll have to see when we watch it, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah. Is, do you like the life of reality TV? It's you know what it's cool. Um, it, it's different. It's you just have to get used to. There's yeah. like, always cameras on, and yeah. you know chances are you're gonna be mic'd up doing something, and you know just. Random things happen, and, and people like it, and uh, it's just different, very different. So before you were here, before you were in FCW, you were trained by Lance Storm, is that's, that right? Yep, that's correct. So Lance Storm's one of the best of all times, and he's known as one of the best trainers as well. Mm-hmm. When you come here, how do you transition into, do you have to change the way you've been training? Do you have to forget what you did? Do you have to adapt to what you did? Uh, you know what, there's, a, there's kind of a lot to that, because... When, when I first broke in with Lance, he basically, you know, had a clean slate. He started from start to finish. He uh, basically taught me everything I need to get through a match in a ring, you know. And, and you know, we worked on a couple little character things and stuff like that, but really we didn't get too far into developing a character and stuff like that. He just kind of gave you the basics and where you go. Um, and then that, that kind of comes on me to, you know, gain experience and stuff like that. Uh, once you come here, there is, you know, a whole bunch of new trainers who they have a totally different style. Right. Where, you know, if, if you get someone like Norman Smiley, for example... Uh, extremely, you know, technical, technical genius. He knows all sorts of little things that you'd never even think of. Uh, but then at the same time, when you watch his WCW stuff where he is screaming Norman Smiley, <laughs> he's a master of being a character as well. Yeah. So, you know, now, you, now you've got his take on both of those things. So you've got to take little bits and pieces for everybody uh-huh. and kind of craft it into what you're going to become. And that is a great point, and that's, that's something you learn from. Because like me, I grew up watching American wrestling, so the only place yeah. I knew Norman Smiley from in the beginning, you yeah. know, eventually you get tapes and, mm-hmm. and you figure it out because you're a wrestling nerd yeah. and you tape trade. But I knew Norman Smiley from Nitro and mm-hmm. the hardcore division, yes. and he's just screaming and doing the wiggle and exactly. wearing hockey helmets. And like, I'm yep. like, he's the trainer? And then you start to do your research. You're yeah. like, oh. Like, oh, he, okay. You, you know, he's got tons of stuff from Mexico and Japan. Yes. Where you're watching him and you're like, that's Norman. You know, that's Norman. <laughs> yeah. He's not screaming at all. He's, is he going to do the wiggle? Yeah. No. So it, it's cool. And I mean, you know, then the same thing goes with, you know, you got Billy Gunn, you got Terry Taylor, you got all these different kind of uh, generations and different, you know, they've all come from different walks and different. Uh, characters, different, uh, you know, experience, and you really, if you're smart, you're going to take a little bit from everybody, um, you know, because then it's just it's just wasted knowledge that you're not really taking advantage of. Yeah. So, where do you want 
to be going forward? Do you like your spot in NXT now? Because you are, like you said before, you're getting tons of opportunities. You're getting put on any big show they have, you're going to have a great spot. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you're very, you're as well known as anybody on the roster. You got uh, the action figure, you got the whole deal. Do you want to be doing that here, or are you kind of ready and itching to be on the main roster? Uh, I mean, you know, the ultimate goal is always the same. Um, yeah. You know, you're not going to be working on WrestleMania if you're in NXT. Right. Um, so the goal is always to get to where you want to be, and that's WrestleMania. Um, but in the meantime, NXT is basically kind of the hottest thing going. And anyone who's been a part of it, uh, you know, being a part of these takeovers and being a part of when we went to Brooklyn and, you know, we got London coming up. Um, they're just, they're experiences that you really can't buy. You can't, uh, you know, you can't duplicate them. You mm -hmm. have to be there for the first time when NXT goes into these, these markets that haven't had us before. And it's, it's crazy. Like if you, if you, if you're there, the feeling, the, like the atmosphere is, uh, you know, you just, you can't really, uh, you can't really explain it. It's, it's something new to me that every time it happens, we're just kind of like, man, like, I'll remember that forever because it's just so it's so on trend. Yeah, it's just it's 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 hot. It feels hot. Yep. It feels relevant. It feels something that everybody wants to be a part of. And you know, even even the guys up there, everybody is watching, and they all want to be a part of NXT somehow or some way. They're keeping track of it. Well, they showed the uh, the NXT panel on the network, mm -hmm. and Rollins, who's the as big as you can get he's on the main roster, he's the champion of the world. He's like, oh, I was watching it going, I, I missed that. Mm -hmm. I wish I was kind of. Well, that's and even even since he was here, right, changed leaps and bounds. Right, like you know, 100% different product, different everything, different different audience. Uh, you know, so much exposure and just so much. You know, there's so much stuff going on, even with the Performance Center and with NXT, and you know, we've got these shows coming out, we've got Breaking Ground coming out, we've got all these little things that they're new. They're just mm -hmm. new and they're relevant, and you know, everybody kind of wants to be ahead of that curve. Everybody wants to be a part of the newest thing coming out because the world is just changing so quickly, and the fact that NXT somehow seems to be ahead of the curve on every single part of it, uh, it's just exciting. Do yeah. you think the Performance Center and being in NXT is a good training ground for anyone trying to make it to main roster? Oh, 100%. Yeah, if you if you want to be on the main roster, if you want to be on WrestleMania, you have no other choice. You but even just getting up early and going through the training and being there day to day, you think some people just aren't cut out for it, and it's like, you're out. That's You know what, uh, I was told before, you know, if, if it's not something that you love, if this isn't what you love 100%, chances are you're going to be miserable because, mm -hmm. you know, you're in here and you're, you're having these matches, and you're having matches all the time, so your body is getting beat up. You have to be in the gym, you know, which isn't easy. You know, when you're tired and you don't want to go work out, you got to go in there. You mm -hmm. got to go in there. If you know you're driving along and you're hungry, but you're not just going to stop at some fast food place because you know you got TVs the next day. You need to stay a certain way. You got to stay healthy. You got to stay rested. You have to be dedicated to it. And the fact is, is you know, some people either don't want to, or you know, they, they just can't. And the people that love it, they're going to do it. Like, you know, like myself, for example, it was kind of the thing of when I was six years old, whatever it takes, it's happening. And Who would you look at when you were six? Like, look up to? Yeah. Uh, I was kind of the perfect WWE fan where... Hogan? You know, no, it was, it, was, it was after that. It was oh. more... Um, it was Bret Hart. Bret Hart right off oh, the bat. Oh, so you were like new generation. 100%, perfect. So they 100%. loved you. <laughs> I, I loved Bret Hart. And then as soon as Stone Cold Steve Austin came in, I hated him. And then I loved him. Right. And then, you know, Shawn Michaels, same thing. Hated him, loved him. So you kind of just were doing whatever they told you. Exactly. To I was, <laughs> if, they steered, if they steered me this way, I was this way 100%. Right. So, perfect. Um, perfect. Well, Tyler, man, thanks for hanging out. Awesome, man. Anytime. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.
Here is Sam Roberts. Very happy that Tyler Breeze was called up to the main roster, and he seems to, I like his spot. Uh, we'll talk about all that in the state of wrestling. Of course, Katie Linendahl was there with me for the Tyler Breeze interview. She's going to rejoin me in the state of wrestling. But first, support the podcast, if you will. Go to uh, NotSam.com, and you can see all the links there. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Leave an iTunes review. Leave an iTunes comment. And buy yourself a T-shirt. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get a Not Sam Mode T-shirt. You can get a Not Sam T-shirt. You can get a What's the Haps T-shirt. Whatever you want, it's all there. The Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast logo on a T-shirt. Whatever you need, it's at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Now... After everything that happened, we've heard from Tyler Breeze. Let's get into, uh, we're not even going to have time to talk about Breaking Ground, by the way, this week on the State of Wrestling, because too much happening. Too much happened on Raw already this week, bouncing off of last week's SmackDown, and Hell in a Cell was hugely eventful. I got some opinions. Katie Linendahl joining me, so let's get into it. It's, uh, well, it's State of Wrestling time. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. People have been waiting for this one. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. For this week, Sam Roberts and uh, Katie Linendahl is joining me yet again. Don't you be sour! All right. Throw up the unicorn horn. <laughs> I, I was so impressed that uh, they went to the detail of Biggie last night on Raw, or this week on Raw, saying San Diego. San Diego! So smart. Just the little little syllables. Well, welcome to the state of wrestling. This was a huge week for it's a wrestling. Huge few weeks. Yeah, it was too much birthday. A lot of people with a lot of opinions. You know, we didn't get to it much last week. But before we start going over what happened this week, did you watch Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar hashing it out on the podcast? Parts of it, yes. Why only parts? Well, because I was really busy. Yeah, I got to tell you, it was not the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I also don't have a very long attention span. You don't? No. But I, I, I think Brock Lesnar and Steve Austin probably, as you would say, are, are two of our favorites of all time. Yeah, and that's why you were kind of hoping for Stone Cold to get to the bottom of some stuff. Because the Triple H and the Vince McMahon podcast I loved. Uh, the Paige one was good, but, you know, Paige is 20-something. I don't know how much, uh, how in-depth she's going to go. Interesting well, to hear about her family and stuff. I, I, w- I respect, though, how passionate you were about Austin addressing... Lesnar's lack and passion of wrestling. Well, they really didn't talk about wrestling nearly enough. It's on the WWE Network. It's two of the <laughs> biggest wrestlers of all time. And they're sitting there for 20 minutes talking about trucks and hunting. Well, it's got to be a good place when you're so good at something. Yeah. And, and you're, uh, you, you had to be profitable to have that kind of confidence, too, that you're just like, I don't give. I well, don't give an F, man. Yeah, it depends on how you feel about it. There were people who actually the podcast I was listening. I listened to a lot of wrestling shows and stuff like that. And a lot of people didn't want Brock Lesnar to win at Hell in a Cell because of what he said on the podcast. Like, it took away... He was building up a little bit of good guy credibility, especially after Undertaker kicked him in the dick all those times. Mm-hmm. Mailbox. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, that all went away on this podcast because he basically said that I am a guy who punches the clock. I clock in... I clock out, or I punch in, I punch out, and he's just there to do a job. And people said, no, we want our wrestlers to have passion. I felt about this the same way I felt about CM Punk leaving. When CM Punk left and he just walked out, people were like, how dare you just walk out? And I was like, no, 
Like, if I wasn't having a good time doing this wrestling podcast and whatever income was coming in from the podcast was not enough, like I was sitting there going, I'm not having a good time and I don't care about this money, I would just stop doing the podcast. Nobody does a job. As much as you say you do a job for the fans, nobody does their job for the fans. So if CM Punk could legally just walk out of his job and he didn't like doing the job anymore and financially he didn't have to do the job anymore, then he doesn't owe anything to anybody, and he should feel free to leave whenever he wants, and that's exactly what he did. With Brock Lesnar, his responsibility is to entertain people and to put on good matches, and it's like we pay for Brock Lesnar matches, we wait a long time to see them, and when we see them, it pays off. Do I like him as a guy? I mean, I met him once, and he was a he was a very nice guy. But we probably don't have that much in common. Do you think that type of attitude, in short, is disrespectful to the industry and to the fans? I mean, maybe. Or do you think it's just brutally honest and it's kind of his character and whatever it is, what it is? It's both. It's it is. I it's well, it's not disrespectful because he didn't go out there and say wrestling is stupid. He went out there and say I, he said I don't care. Like I, I'm not well, here to I, make I, friends. I think you could file it under disrespectful in the sense that. Here's everybody that's buying their Suplex City shirts every single week, cheering him on, putting him over, right. uh, welcoming him back as a heel. And then he, he kind of is just like, I don't really care about this gig. But when he – so don't buy the shirts. I mean I went to Hell in a Cell. Everybody was still buying the shirts. Like if – that's the thing. Like it's not disrespectful because he's still putting on – you're buying the shirt based I'm on the performance. I'm not saying it is. I'm asking you your thought. I get it. You're going devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, no, I think – He's there to perform, and you buy a T-shirt based on the performance. If you go to a Who show, right, if you go see the Who, you buy a T-shirt, and you enjoy the show, and you love the music. Is that the World Health Organization? That's not them, no. It's, oh. it's a rock band. You know, they've been oh. around for a little bit. Oh. But at the end of the day, those guys hate each other. They don't like performing together. They do it for the money. But you still go out, and you still go to the show, and you so still buy the T-shirt. you're yourself. What's your point? That I don't have a problem with them doing it either. And the audience doesn't seem to have a problem with them doing it. And they still buy the T-shirt. So you don't have a problem with Brock Lesnar's, what he said on podcast? No. I mean, no. Because he's performing to the level that it makes it acceptable. He's he's putting on the performance that we want to see. So as long as you're putting on... Do you think he's being too honest? No, everybody should be that honest. I wish everybody was that honest. I'd love to know how you feel. Like, I don't want to go up to Brock and be like, oh, man, you're such a great wrestler. And then if if I know that he doesn't care one way or the other, he's like, great, I don't care about wrestling. I want to go home, see my family, and kill some animals. Like, good. Then if I ever see Brock Lesnar, maybe we'll talk about hunting or trucks because that's what he's into. Now, it made it for a less entertaining interview. I didn't enjoy the interview because I wanted to hear two people talking about wrestling. But I at least respected that he wasn't i'd rather have brock lesnar say no i don't care about this than have brock lesnar pretend to for my sake i'm not a child do you think that also comes with the timeline of where he's at do you think he could have pulled that off well i don't think he kind of did when he put out his book and this was after his run so while he was i mean he left the company so obviously he said without saying he probably wouldn't have done an interview back then but he left the company at his peak. So without saying, I don't care about this, he said, I don't care about this. I'm leaving. Like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid, and I don't want to do it. That's what he said. He had Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. He didn't care about being at WrestleMania 20. He didn't care about having Goldberg. He was leaving. Do you feel, though, there was a transition period that, I, for me, stands out, and I've been a Brock Lesnar fan 
since the early days, since he was at Minnesota Wrestling. Whoa. When he was on SportsCenter and he made that announcement yeah. that he was going to stay wrestling and not go back to UFC, or, and, and he actually had a glimmer of, and it looked like true honesty that he's like, I was born an entertainer. I was just what I was meant to do. And it's like, it reminds me of the person that like works at a company for 10 years, hates it, goes somewhere else and was like, you know what? That gig wasn't that bad. I don't think so. Do you I think, think he actually kind of likes it a little bit. Yeah, he likes it because it's easy. Because I'm, I'm sure that he enjoys it. And, and appreciates that he had the opportunity to go back and get good money out of it. Here's what I think. I think he appreciates the money. I think he appreciates performing at the schedule that he's performing on. I don't think you would ever see him wrestling on a regular schedule. I don't, even, I don't think you'd see him wrestling every week. Like, I just don't think you'll ever see him as a regular guy because he doesn't like it like that. It's a good place to be to have that control, though. Exactly. But he's got the control, so he can say, I want a few million dollars, and I'll wrestle ten times a year. Maybe. Six times a year. And you have to pay me this much extra every other time I do it. You know what I mean? Well, None it's of these... also funny when, when Heyman was at your event at Caroline's yeah. uh, here in New York. It was interesting to hear Heyman be so honest about his relationship with Brock, too. Apparently, they get along very well. And, I, I mean, you could almost see that. Yeah. But he also said he realizes that that timeline is short. He knows that Brock isn't in this for 10 more years. He no. wants to go hunt. He, he literally said that. I'm he, doesn't, he doesn't care. And that's fine. He wasn't born to be an entertainer. He got diverticulitis. Otherwise, he'd be an MMA. But he said he was born to be an entertainer. That's what he's meant to do. I know, but he was not telling the truth. But he just—we just got done saying that he's an honest person and that he's been. He was honest on the Stone Cold podcast. He wasn't honest when he said that. I don't think. My opinion: if he didn't have diverticulitis, he'd be in the UFC because he likes competing on that level. And you're not competing on that level in WWE. You're just not. It's you know, it's it's sports entertainment. It's not competitive mixed martial arts fighting. You know. So, you know, as much as it's real and, and it hurts and, and they're really doing shit in there and blah, 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 you're not sitting there looking at two people in the ring saying, I don't know who's going to win this, the better man, I well, guess. Well, and that's also when, like, Undertaker had him in a submission, hell in a cell. I'm like, there's no way this is going to end. Like, he's never going to get in a submission and tap out. He'll Come pass on. out. He did at SummerSlam. They had to make him pass out. Right, 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 right. There's no way. Um, But... Yeah, so I don't really have a problem as long as he's still performing at the level he's supposed to perform on. I think wrestling fans tend to get disappointed when things don't go how they'd like them to go. Like, I think as a fan, you could say it's disappointing. I wish Brock Lesnar loved wrestling because then I could see him wrestle all the time. But it's not fair or right to sit there and say, I'm mad at him because he doesn't like wrestling more. Like, okay, well, then any of you listening right now could be mad at me because I don't like baseball. I think it's very boring. It's stupid. America's pastime. Sam. Yeah, it's dumb. It's boring. It's great. You can be fat and still be good at baseball. It's not a great sport. Gives everybody equal opportunity. Yeah, right. If you're Hispanic, you're much better at baseball for whatever reason. Puerto Ricans are very good at baseball. But like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me a bad person, right or wrong, to sit there and go like I don't like baseball. If and and guess what? If I have a major league pitcher, Sam. But if I was born with the ability to be good at baseball, it doesn't mean I have to love it. I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually really good at pitching. I could be a baseball pitcher and make a ton of money. I guess I'll go do that. Because why would I look this gift in the in the in the? Why would I look th- look this gift horse I think in the few mouth? People can get away with that attitude though, Very without few. looking like a complete jerk. Because there's not that many people that are, are have God given ability, and that's what Brock Lesnar has. It's God given ability. It's not well, and that honesty. 
how many people put on a facade like, I love this gig. Yeah, but though most of those people don't have the God-given ability that Brock Lesnar has. Most of those people, it's very few people that have the ability to go out there and entertain on the level that Brock Lesnar does without having to do more than Brock does. And so when you're in that position, it's like do what it, say, do and say whatever you want. It doesn't matter how you feel. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. We, it, it, it all, people in that category, Floyd Mayweather, yeah, run their mouth and be like, "I want more fight." Whatever. Kanye West, he goes out there and says like, "Yeah, I'm the greatest musician of all time. Everybody else sucks." And, and then he puts out an album and everybody buys it. Donald Trump, he goes out there and says all these other candidates are ridiculous, and everybody goes, "He's an idiot." And then he's ahead in all the polls. So yeah, but he never said he hated running his job and, and what he's doing. That's the difference. He said he's been very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very successful. Very successful business. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's okay to say you hate your job if you don't plan on staying there for a long time and you're really good at it. What did you think of the match? The Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. match? It was great. I I don't know how Brock Lesnar bleeds every match. Him versus the ring post over under in minutes. Yeah. I think he just fights for real. I think nobody's <laughs> filled him in. I think I think he fights for real, and that's why. Because if you do have a real fight, like most of the matches that we see, if they're legitimate, you're going to end up bleeding at some point. Like I don't think he realized that you can position the stairs in such a way that if you fall backwards, they don't have to actually fall on your head. He's like, I'm going to make this entertaining for myself. Yeah, see how many wounds I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was all bloody. I thought I thought the match was really good, and contra- I do wonder. And, and it's another place that Brock's in. Like, people were speculating as to whether or not, uh, you know, the uh, the management or whoever backstage was upset that Brock Lesnar was bleeding again. But I feel like Brock Lesnar's in this position where it doesn't matter. Like, what are you going to do? Not invite me back? I doubt it. So I guess I'll bleed. Thanks. You know? Like, he doesn't necessarily have to follow the rules that everybody has to follow just because he's that big of a draw. That brings back up the whole blood conversation, though. Yeah. Because I think it's – I think those moments enhance the match incredibly. A lot of people don't realize, though, that we're living in 2015 where everybody is hypersensitive and WWE is a publicly traded company. You know what I mean? So you don't think he's doing it on purpose? I would I would not think that Brock Lesnar is doing it on we purpose. We had this conversation after Cena, right? Yeah, yeah. I was it after he broke his nose? That, was that where we talked about Yes, blood? yes, because it did enhance that well, moment. But you presented at that time and adamantly stated that you thought that they were advocating for more blood. It's a weird thing. And because, I, I completely disagree with you. But then they put out a T-shirt, like, highlighting the night that Cena broke his nose. Yeah, but it didn't say anything about blood. It said you can't see nose or something like that. I don't remember what the shirt said. Can't see me, wasn't it? Something like, yeah. Yeah. I and was, that has nothing to do with blood. That's how he was blood. It's your, it's, that's... Uh uh-uh, uh, that's a like, stretch. And then. they replayed it over and over again. Like they were like, look at what we look at what happened, and they put it on the website, and they did it everywhere. They were like, look, but you're 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 narrowing in on on. I'm talking about the the focus, the pinpoint focus on blood, not the fact that he broke his nose, not the fact that he was out for a while. Blood. Uh-huh. No one's blading. It's to your point right there. It's a publicly traded company. There's no way they would ever let right. that happen. You can't. You can't. You can't. But I also think that it's very possible. Yeah, I don't think you need it. I don't think you need blood. I think it's fine to do it without. I just kind of take it as one of those things that if it happens, it happens. Right. It's like, right. Some people get very obsessed with it. It's not like a NASCAR race where everybody's waiting for the wreck. Yeah. Like if there's no car crash, we just wasted our money on this ticket. Yeah. 
We just watched a bunch of cars go around in a circle, and they just kept going? Yeah. That's not what I came to see. I drank six-pack. Yeah. That's like, well, and, and you know, that happened. It does, it's not, I don't think it's the way people feel anymore. But even when they started doing Hell in a Cell matches that were toned down a little bit, when people stopped climbing to the top and falling off them and going crazy bonkers, people were disappointed at first because it was like we're used to seeing people die in Hell in a Cell matches. With that said, was I the only person thinking that they were going to go all the way through the ring? At, when he started, to, I, that was very cool. When he started tearing apart the canvas, and I, then but I feel like there was the, like a conclusion. I thought, yeah, yeah. You know what? I saw that too when I was watching it. It felt like, like when you are choke slammed on a table that's wood, mm-hmm. it breaks. So you would think when you choke slammed on wooden boards that support right. the ring, they would break and he would fall through, right? I totally got busted during that moment too because Catholic girl Katie Linendahl, who always messes up on. They doesn't realize things have other meanings. They right. kept saying exposed wood. And I was like, this exposed wood is like a luxury if you're watching backyard wrestling in Erie, Pennsylvania. Like exposed wood right. is not that bad, people. I bet there was a lot of exposed wood in Erie, Pennsylvania. Apparently that means something else. Yeah, it does. Yeah, right. it does. Learn something new every week. Well, I'm surprised you ah! didn't meet anybody in Erie that had exposed wood. But Next. But, um, and what did you think of the ending to the match? Because that's what really garnered a lot of attention. Well, I guess I'm still confused, and this is where I always look look to you, that the chapter closed with Lesnar Taker. Yes. By the way, I have to hand it to you exactly how you predicted it would go down. Right. And people might be saying it wasn't that hard to figure out. But But there were a lot of people that thought The Undertaker was going to win, and I didn't understand that at all. Why would The Undertaker win that match? The Undertaker's not going to be around. I didn't understand why it kept going. I why take this into Survivor Series? And I actually think it's, he should end everything at Mania. But I think he probably will. But I feel like it just keeps going. <laughs> like, it's like, like go it's like the away. Encore, we're like we don't want another encore. <laughs> it's just getting weird for everybody. Like, tired of standing. It's going to take forever to drive home. It's super yeah. late. I oh. want to leave. Get up early tomorrow. Um, yeah. Well, I think that you had to have the third match after that SummerSlam ending. That was absurd. It, but that fast, I feel like the Lesnar-Taker conclusion should have been the end-all, be-all. I, yeah, maybe. We, you and I but, both were on the same page. They ramped that up way too fast. Well, I said it's mysterious that they ramped it up this fast because that means they must have something much bigger planned for WrestleMania. And here's the thing. Maybe it's a matter of Brock Lesnar already beat The Undertaker for his streak. If The Undertaker is leaving after WrestleMania this year, I'm assuming that he'll make it to WrestleMania. I don't know, but I'm assuming. Do we want to see Brock Lesnar beat him again in his last match, or do we want to see something else? I actually feel very—I usually don't get this passionate in my fantasy booking. However, I feel strongly about this I feel like I've rubbed off on you. Yeah, because I'm sorry. I could care less about seeing the revisit of Kane and Undertaker being brothers as if that's how he's going out. Well, I don't think that's how he's going out. Well, it's being played up right now. Yeah, but it's October and WrestleMania's in March. Yeah, so, okay, you got Wyatt Survivor. Right, so here's here's how you could, first of all, I thought the ending, people didn't like the ending, I think, because they are speculating as to whether or not this is going to be another moment for Bray Wyatt to lose. Because Bray Wyatt is just on this streak of being put in a prime spot and losing. It was Undertaker at WrestleMania last year. It was John Cena. It was Roman Reigns. It was Dean Ambrose. It's like all he does is be put in prime spots and then lose. So it does get to a point where he's not that scary. 
because everybody can beat him. I think you could make that argument about the Wimbledon challenge. John Cena, he won. He, he loses all the time, though. John Cena loses all the time? Are we you out of your mind? We just had this conversation two weeks ago. Did I yell at you then, too? And you had took the, a complete opposite stance. I didn't say John Cena loses all the time yes, two he, weeks you ago. Did. He loses lost to Kevin Owens. He keeps losing the belt. No, he's only lost about he only lost about once. He lost it to Seth. And you Rollins. were saying that he needs to set up younger people. I said he Bray needs Wyatt to. But does a fantastic job. It doesn't matter if he's losing or not. The performance is is it's like a performance but art. Bray Wyatt isn't the person who should be setting up younger people. He's the younger person. Well, in this case, he's not setting up anybody young. No, you know, he's setting up older people. He's just making the play. But that's what that's it is. Still like, a headline, though. Bray Wyatt's not a guy to set anybody up because he needs to be set up still. And I don't think anybody's paying attention to how many win losses Bray oh, Wyatt dude, has. I think He's I'll, still on top. I don't think so. And I think it I think it helps him a lot that he's got the Wyatts back with him. But he I mean he's not a guy that you can really take seriously as a contender at the moment. Because just because he's losing. Because he loses every match. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean that's my subjective opinion. And by the way, you talk about John Cena losing matches. He will, he will lose a match, but he will he'll, he'll lose a battle, but never the war. So, like, yes, he lost once to Kevin Owens, but then he beat him soundly twice after that. Uh, hold on. Who else has John Cena lost to recently? Alberto Del Rio. Right. Duh. Right. I and mean, now, before that. Who? I don't know. Seth Rollins? He beat him. I mean, John, John's, that's why they call him Super Cena. I'm having a senior moment. You're I, having a Cena I, moment. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't lose very much, and he definitely doesn't lose wars. Like, eventually, rarely when he does lose, what did he do? He went to WrestleMania, he beat Wyatt. What did he do? He went to WrestleMania, he beat Rusev for the title. You know, he did the U.S. Open Challenge Wimbledon Cup NASCAR 5000, and he beat Sami Zayn, and he beat Neville, and he beat Stardust, and he beat uh, Xavier Woods, and he beat all these guys. That's why when Alberto Del Rio beat him in 15 minutes after kicking him in the head, I was like, how did, when did John Cena become that easy to beat? Right. That blew my mind. Point made there. Yeah. That was way too easy. I was like... Why didn't everybody just kick him in the face? I mean, I was just eating some nachos, and I turned around, and the match was over. I was like, all right. Yeah, like, what sneaky trick did Alberto Del Rio do? Well, he kicked him in the face. And brought out Zeb Coulter. And yeah, and Zeb Coulter was on his scooter. Oh, did he interfere? No, Alberto just kicked him. Oh, all right. I guess he's really good at kicking people. I didn't know. I was surprised by that in a big, big way. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that Bray, it's one of those things. You know, I mean... When somebody goes on, when somebody comes across as un, Bray, I wish Bray came across as unstoppable. And he doesn't. He's very stoppable. He's been stopped multiple times. But is that really what it's about at the end of the day? It's Being about unst- the arc. I know, but the arc always is like, okay, the good guy beat Bray Wyatt again. And then Bray Wyatt shows up and then he starts again and he goes, Roman Reigns, anyone but you. And, and I said, no, it's probably still going to be Roman Reigns because. We know this arc, and he beats you. But it's going <laughs> to be a good fight, so who cares? I do. I want to see Bray Wyatt win, so I can go like, what? now let me tell you, the Roman Reigns-Bray Wyatt-Hell in a Cell match was great. Fantastic. Great. Loved it. All the, the use of the, the, the kendo sticks. You know, I got my tweet on the Raw pre-show. You did. Because I said he was like Donatello from Ninja Turtles, Roman Reigns, because <laughs> he was swinging both kendo sticks. That, yeah, you're right about that. Like, I'm happy to see Bray Wyatt when I see him, and the Hell in a Cell match was great. And there, I'm, I'm, Roman Reigns should have won. He was Yes, Roman Reigns should be winning matches like that. But Bray is in this position, not un, unlike 
Tyler Breeze's position was in NXT, and we'll get to him debuting. But we were both concerned because even though Tyler Breeze was having good matches, and we talked to him about this in the interview that we played at the top, but even though Tyler Breeze was having good matches, it was like he was still being used to tee up everybody else. And he's yeah. right, what he, which was what he explained to us in the interview, that he, he ends up getting a good spot, he ends up getting the attention, he still has a good match, and he still looks good. Yeah, but did you ever look at Tyler Breeze like he was, or was he a notch below the big stars? Was Tyler Breeze on the level of Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or was he a notch below them? He was a notch below. Why? Because we all know that when somebody needs to look impressive, they're going to beat Tyler Breeze. And that's what's happening to Bray Wyatt, I think. That somebody, when we want somebody to look impressive, they're going to beat Bray Wyatt. And it's like, ah, but you, but, and, and the reason I don't like that is because I feel like there's, there's more to Bray Wyatt. Like you could really do something with that, I think. And there's not that many, and that's, that's a special thing. I think Bray Wyatt's a special entity. And I think you could do more with him if it was like, we know, like if, when Bray Wyatt gets involved, we know you're in trouble. Like when The Undertaker was young, when he first showed up, he went undefeated. Because we need to put this across that, no, when The Undertaker's here, you don't have a shot. You know? Like when Ludwig Borga wrestled, I'd be like, (laughs) oh boy, there's no beating Ludwig Borga. But that's because he never lost. And guess what? When Lex Luger finally beat Ludwig Borga, I was like, that's why the Lex Express. Okay, so then what's the end of the Lex Express, did you just say? That's why it's my vehicle of choice. It's well played, Sam. That's right. I waited seven hours in the Erie, Pennsylvania mall for that thing. Yeah, see, I you were smarter than me growing up because w- w- that was on a tour, right? That was on a tour. See, I thought it just drove around. So I spent the entire summer just looking at my out my car window. <laughs> going, I'm sure I'll see it. Maybe. Oh, are we going on the highway today? Uh, I bet the Lex Express will be there. I mean, I never saw it. Could have made it a lot easier on yourself. It had pinpoint locations and destinations that it was stopping at. I had no idea. I didn't pay attention hmm. to the details. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Some things don't change, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what were you going to say about Wyatt? What would be the end game that would make him? Honestly, and I don't know that this is going to happen. But in my mind, what I would like to see happen is The Undertaker does a mini tour right now where he does Survivor Series, he does Royal Rumble, he does WrestleMania, and he loses every match on his way out. I think that's the way The Undertaker should go out. Lose all of them. Lose at Survivor Series, lose at Royal Rumble, then go to WrestleMania and lose again. Unless stupid. No, it's not stupid because The Undertaker doesn't need to win. He's the one who doesn't need to win. Number one, he's The Undertaker. Number two, he's leaving. So who cares? Let a couple guys get some V's. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe this is what you do. Maybe you go to Survivor Series and you have the four Wyatts versus the Brothers of Destruction. And, like, four on two. So that way the brother And you can even have Kane be the one who gets pinned, right? So the Undertaker's team does lose. But it was four on two and Kane got pinned. That's not really fair. Then let's push to the Royal Rumble and let's finally have the Bray Wyatt-Undertaker match. Give Bray Wyatt the victory. He needs it, and he deserves it. Give Bray Wyatt the victory at Royal Rumble. Then, for The Undertaker's last match, let's get that old spine on Sting healed up and do The Undertaker-Sting match. Then you can have Undertaker win against Sting if you want ah! to. That's right. I, I got to hear it one more time. Ah! I meant in an arena, but oh. I, I could hear it on the podcast again. Ah! <laughs> it's in my new text tone for you, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Not a problem. Um but that is that if you want the Undertaker to win his last match, it's got to be against Sting. Otherwise, it's a waste. Who else could it be at Mania at that point? Cena. 
We've never mm. seen the John Cena Undertaker WrestleMania I match. I don't feel strongly about that. Why is that? I just don't think that's a good match. Really? I think it'd be a good match. I think Cena puts on a good match every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an overly... I'm not as excited about that one as I am Sting just because of that icon. Oh, I thought because of the crow. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> My throat hurts. I think, I think honestly, here, I think the John Cena-Undertaker match at WrestleMania, to me, is bigger than the Undertaker-Sting match. I don't care about the Undertaker-Sting match, to tell you the truth. People want to see it. I don't care one way or the other if it happens or not. You don't think that's a better fit? No. I think it's I think it's a fit in the sense that people want to see it because it's WWE, WCW, finally, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, the Dark Crow yeah, thing versus... Yeah, there's way more storyline there. No. It's, it's Undertaker, who's been the leader forever, versus John Cena, who's been the leader for the last 10 years. And it's at WrestleMania, which is the Undertaker show. Um, my only problem with that is that I don't really want to see Cena beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and that's probably what would happen. That would be my only fault in that match. But I think if you just want to talk matches, the I think the biggest match you could have with The Undertaker is Cena versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. I think that's the biggest match you could have. Personally. And that's only my opinion because I get I think a lot of people feel like you do. And a lot of people feel like Sting versus Undertaker. Is I just the match don't to see have. Cena in that card. I see it you know, a, a much bigger show stopping match. For Cena. I don't think there will be a bigger match than the Undertaker match at WrestleMania this year. It'll be the Undertaker's last match in Dallas in front of a hundred thousand. No, no, no. People. I'm saying as as a versus situation. Uh-huh. I see Cena going against someone Like who? Like a raw of like more very low energy. Um, <laughs> someone like Rollins or Owens, like somebody more. I guess, but that's that's not special. Could you know, be. It depends how you lead it up. Yeah, no, you're right. But you're talking about WrestleMania. I don't think you see like John Cena. To me, isn't like John Cena going against Hogan, which will never happen. But it's Why like not? two icons going against each other. Right. And I don't that's... see Undertaker in that position like you do. Really. Mm-mm. You don't see The Undertaker as one of the icons. Not against a John Cena. So you think John Cena is too big to be fighting The Undertaker? Yes, there it is. Wow! That is controversial, Linendahl. Well, I said it. Whew! And I ain't taking it back. I can't wait to see what the Twitterverse has to say about that. That's, that's, that's going to that's gonna draw a reaction. All right. That is unbelievable. That All is an right. unbelievable comment to say. I'm, I said it. I'm sticking by it. You stick by it. I mean... The Undertaker is celebrating 25 years in WWE at Survivor Series. Quality over quantity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I retract that one. <laughs> I take it back, take it back. So, so, that's so funny. What, what, what an attitude thing to say. Well, Cena's 10-year run has been better anyway. <laughs> like, are you sure? I yeah. think Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Undertaker's feud with Mabel? Ugh. <laughs> 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 Ugh. Give me Cena, Cena Owens any day. Yeah. Over Undertaker versus Under Faker. Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I do. That's my thing, though. I do view the Undertaker in that uh, in that legend seat. Uh, And I do think that like I think he's in the legend seat, not to not. But in a different category of legend seat. I just have to make that clear. I think that you'll be I think you might be surprised when you find out that the Undertaker match at this year's WrestleMania will be bigger than any other match on the card. And, I mean, that includes, I'll bet that they'll get The Rock to do something. I'm assuming they'll be, because you, this is There's no denying that it's not Mm going to be big, though. The Undertaker match. It just has to be right. Right. 
I see what you're saying. And to you, there's just something about seeing an Undertaker that doesn't no, fit. No, it doesn't fit. Huh. I feel like it's that it's that generational thing. It works yeah, the same see, way. Yeah, we we have we disagree on this one. Like I want to see uh, Rock Cena is perfect. I want to see uh, Hogan Cena. I want to see Taker Cena. I want to see Austin Cena. You know, if you had Stone Cold, I would love to see Stone Cold and John Cena. Like, there you go. That's a perfect example. You like that? There. You like Stone Cold yes. and John Cena. You like Hogan and John Cena? The, I mean, you know, if, if Hogan wasn't a racist person. That match would make more sense than a Than taker. Undertaker versus Cena. Because, is it because... It's eras. An era versus an era. But an Undertaker doesn't necessarily have an era that he's the guy. He's just always been there. He's been strong the whole time. Right. Right. So he's never been the lead guy for an era. It was Hogan. Then it was, you know, Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. Then it was uh, Austin. Then it was Rock. Then it was Cena. Yeah, I'm just saying. At the end of the day, and we'll have to either go on. And I mean, on about I love this. this. I, I no, because it's just like some things don't go together. Right. This it's is, like this is banana and cranberries to you. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is like barbecue chicken right. and and uh, 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 and ice cream. I don't know. Everything goes with barbecue chicken. That was a it's really so good. Crappy it's example. so good. All right. Well, what do you think of the? Uh, so we this is this is important to the podcast. Uh, Tyler Breeze has been something we've been talking about for a while and worrying about. Okay, what are they going to do with him? And is he stuck in NXT? He made his debut. Are you happy? I like these surprises. Like I actually did not see that coming mm-hmm. this fast. I think it was under hyped. In the sense that they brought him out on SmackDown. When you bring out somebody in that regard, right out the gate, you set a precedent. Yeah, but you know And I was also very surprised that he went against... We've been talking for months, almost a year now, about how we think he's Dolph Ziggler's replacement. Well, I figured it out. Uh, Tyler Breeze is Dolph Ziggler. Light? No, no, no. not, Not light. Tyler Breeze is, is Dolph Ziggler if Dolph Ziggler was a pro wrestler. Tyler Breeze is the pro wrestling version of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> like if, if, there, if, if Dolph Ziggler had a pro wrestling persona, he'd be Tyler Breeze. Now he's just like stuck in the 80s or right, something. Right, right. He's just like, I love Motley Crue. And Tyler yeah. Breeze is like, okay, well, I got this whole character that I'm a wrestler. I, I don't like that he's coming out with Summer. Why not? Summer Ray to me isn't like the Mr. Fuji manager, okay? Like he's not somebody <laughs> She's I, not the manager of champions, you mean? It's yeah, not exactly well, the Heenan family. It's just not I, I almost think Tyler's better by himself. And I like that he's given that little sidebar of attitude here and there to her. Because mm-hmm. he's better than everybody, even well, his yeah. chick. Well, but what do you think about this? And this is why I actually am okay with it, is that all the, everybody who comes up from NXT is in danger of getting cheered, right? Because NXT is cool. If he comes out with Summer Rae, then boom, there you go. You got your boos. You're a bad guy now because people, because Summer Rae is good at getting people to boo her. But I, I feel like they keep using her to put around. Like, it's just like, enough already. Like, well, there's I mean, got to stick to a storyline here. Maybe made, that's my frustration with it. That I get. Because they made just a real big, big mess of the Rusev Ziggler thing. I mean, I don't even know where to put Rusev after that. They really, really screwed the pooch on that one. I don't know how that got to TMZ. And with it, like, you would think if, if it made it to TMZ, because it wasn't an accident, that they would have some direction to go in after. 
But it's almost like for whatever reason it got sent to TMZ and half the people knew and half the people didn't. And they were like, all right, let's just uh, – god damn it. Just blow it off. Just, uh, uh. Where's that breeze, kid? Yeah, what's that uh, first stick you got there? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put uh, – all right, pal. Summer. You're with the blonde. You mean Dolph Ziggler? No. Damn it. No. The, the first stick, kid. All right, pal. Get out there. That was good. Yeah, I like yeah, that. I yeah. enjoyed that. I, I sometimes feel like that's the thought that goes into things. Like you and I are sitting there going, okay, where are they going with this? How does this develop into, no, it's just like, hey, pal, come here. You and Summer, get out there. That ramp up, though, happened, like, that, that would surprise me as much as Del Rio making a return. Like, just because it came out of nowhere. Out of a bolt from the blue. Well, where's the Russian? TMZ. <laughs> Bulgarian. <laughs> Me, yeah. Bree, and Alish don't like this new Tyler Breeze guy. Who's Alish? That's a new name that I generated for Foxy. Get some of those shirts made up. Come on, Nikki! <laughs> yeah, so um, I thought they did a good job with him on Raw. You, I, I think his performance has been absolutely solid. Yeah, and on Raw, him and his VIP lounge and everything, I do worry... Because I feel like Summer Rae is a bit of a curse in the sense that the last time she debuted with somebody and they got a big grand entrance, it was Fandango. And Oof. now Fandango is set decoration. So that is a little risky. However, you know what the rumor is on the intranet? Ooh. They're actually going to sell uh, selfie sticks. Like the merchandising department is already working on Tyler Breeze selfie sticks. Well, you know, I've complained to Tyler Breeze in the past. He's going to have to upgrade his phone first. Yeah. He's two generations behind. Yeah, he is. Not to be a nerd about this. Well, they don't make, they don't make Tyler Breeze phone cases for the big well, ones. That's what he, that was his quick response. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic with the Tyler Breeze thing. And it seems like they're behind the character and the entrance and the zoom in on the turnaround. And I don't, s- I don't think he could be doing a better job himself. I just think once you set that precedent, A, bringing him out on SmackDown, B, I mean, not to say that. Ziggler isn't, you know, in one of the higher tiers of talent there. But you, you've already established where he's going to fit. Right. Right. And, and that goes back to our – I think we're both on the same page about homegrown talent will never be the stars. You have to come from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I – yeah, maybe. Independently successful to really get a rise out of them, it seems. It seems. It shouldn't be, but it seems. I don't think that Tyler Breeze is stuck, though. And I don't think he should come in as a main event guy. Like, he wasn't a main event guy in NXT. He was losing all the time. So I don't think he should pop on and be like, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting to... Here's the problem with the John Cena challenge is that you say, okay, why don't you put Tyler Breeze in that spot and give him the U.S. title to start? That would have been a, a, a huge play. Yeah. But then you're like, that John Cena spot is so valuable because he's beaten so many people. And the wins and losses sometimes matter. Like, because it does shift perspective in the viewer. Like, it tells you how seriously to take somebody or not take somebody. Are you Zach, going back to the whole Wyatt thing? Well, Zack Ryder loses a lot. So do you think Zack Ryder's going to get a shot at the title anytime soon? Probably not. Because, you know, he's been shown a cer- in a certain light. So I actually think that it's okay for Tyler Breeze to be in the position he's in. Because I think he needs a nice slow build. And at the end of the day, he doesn't have an internet buzz the way Kevin Owens did. So his debut is like, if you watch NXT, it's cool. And if you don't, you don't know who he is. Well, they certainly knew who he was coming out. 
Yeah, but I mean, tell that to the Ascension. Mm, I, I would know? not put the Ascensions. The Ascension were huge, Katie. I know, in NXT. But, but they did not get the crowd praise that Tyler Breeze got. Be- yeah, because people didn't know who they were, and they had a lot more time to ramp up Breeze and ramp up NXT than they did. Ascension was there at a time where it was still a little NXT. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think that anybody knew that Tyler was coming out on SmackDown until SmackDown. Like, I don't think that there's this like brain trust sitting there going, "All right, two weeks from Saturday, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna write SmackDown, and then we're gonna debut Tyler in the Miz TV segment next month." I don't think Tyler knew Tyler was. No, debuting. I think on Tuesday. So is that it then? That's once they make that move. Good news, pal. You're going to SmackDown. And he's like, "Yeah, but I got a match on NXT." Well, you'll do both. Great. What is the transition there? Well, I think that's what it is. That's why Sasha Banks is still working NXT here and there. Kind of like Well, float. she's done now, I guess. But Kevin Owens did the same thing. I think that it's just like, okay, let's throw him on and try it. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens here. And they're just like, okay, we're ready to put you on the main roster full time. We just need to wrap up what was going on with you in NXT. So there mm-hmm. is still like Tyler and Samoa Joe still have a thing going on in NXT. Samoa Joe ever come up? No, I don't know. He won't come up. We've had this discussion. I know. I don't think so. I don't think he was brought in to come up. You know, same thing with James Storm, who was on NXT. If he does, if he is back in NXT, I don't know if that was a one-time shot or not, but I don't think James Storm is ever going to be on the WWE roster either. Hmm. It's like Rhino. Rhino's not coming up. Like, I think those guys were brought in to add some name value to uh, NXT and uh, and to build guys. Fair. You know, like, I think... Samoa Joe will hopefully lose to Tyler Breeze. You know, that would help. Like, I think Rhino is there to make Baron Corbin look good. And hopefully Samoa Joe will make uh, Tyler Breeze look good. If they don't, I mean, eventually they'll have the big Finn Balor-Samoa Joe match. And hopefully that will be the moment that, you know, really legitimizes Finn Balor's if he needs legitimization at this point. And then I think the plan would be Samoa Joe is going to be used to legitimize somebody. If they don't think he needs to be used to legitimize Finn Balor, then Finn Balor would just lose the title at some point, not soon, but some point to Apollo Crews. Or maybe maybe Balor will lose the title to Samoa Joe and then Apollo Crews will beat him. I don't know. But I think Samoa Joe is strictly being used for NXT. He's like an NXT jobber? Not a jobber. No, because he wins a lot. He beat, uh, he beat Baron Corbin at the takeover. And, and he, he won did the, win the challenge. And he won the challenge. So he's not a jobber at all, but he's there to long-term make people look better. And, I mean, he's, it's probably a helpful influence to have around the locker room. And he adds name value. So putting his name on the on the marquee, if you will, if you will, will bring people out. You know? What are you looking at me? I was just thinking, of, I thought you were going to do the impersonation of the Florida crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Just do it one time. Ten, yeah, ten out of a thousand. <laughs> Love that guy. We're going back. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Tyler Breeze is in a decent spot. Um, and and I thought his entrance was good. I was I was surprised by Del Rio's appearance. Um, I was really kind of like taken aback at the ease with which he beat John Cena. <laughs> like that's what we were talking about—the amount of people that John Cena's beaten to go out. The whole thing in its entirety, like, I was on WWE Shop that <laughs> night, and he already had were. t-shirts out. Del Rio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're ready to go with him. Strap the rocket to him. 
He looked good. He looked great. He's in good shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in good shape. And the match was good. He's good. He's really good. Uh, And I think the pairing with Zeb Coulter is a very good one. I don't think... I got a couple tweets saying he should have been like a badass Mexican good guy, and it's like, I don't think so. Um, I think eventually you're setting him up to be in a position where he can turn on Zeb Coulter and be a good guy theoretically. But uh, I like the position he's in now, and Zeb Coulter on a scooter is like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I hope he's okay. I do too. I worry, but it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Sam and I sent a handwritten note to corporate... Yeah, please forward to Zeb Coulter. And you, you put in a $5 Starbucks card. Generous. Well, I mean, just because you're in a scooter doesn't mean you can't enjoy a, a delicious beverage, refreshing beverage. Yeah. Um, here's the question. Speaking of people turning on people, there is no doubt. I will say this. I want to make a, a actually, I want to make a, a, a note about Kevin Owens. Oh. First of all, what do you think is going to happen first? Uh, Seth Rollins loses the title. Or Seth Rollins gets a second clean victory as champion. Because <laughs> so far, he's really only beaten one person as champion, and it's Kane. So do you think Seth Rollins is going to lose the title, or he will continue to be able to beat people? Because he, so far, he's won. Who he, would you put next in line for him to beat? Reigns. He's the number one contender. You think he's going to get a solid, clean victory over Roman Reigns? That's the thing. He That's can't not going to happen. He can't get a solid victory Something over, needs to happen before that. He can't get a clean victory over anyone. <laughs> but that's his that's his jam. Yeah, I guess. But then I started rethinking this at Hell in a Cell, actually. Because I go, I don't mind it because he's a Weasley bad yeah. guy and blah, blah, blah. Same thing. I didn't mind when Kevin Owens was eye-gouging Ryback to get a victory. Like, eye-gouge, roll up. It's I was like, good. That's a bad guy victory. But every now and then you get reminded not to mess with Kevin Owens. He goes on Raw and he does a pop-up powerbomb to Mark Henry. Amazing. Okay, cool. He got that victory. Then he goes to hell in a cell, and he didn't eye gouge. He didn't cheat. He didn't pull the tights. He pop up power bombed Ryback, and he beat him clean one, two, three. And I go, I said to myself, oh, maybe sometimes you need to do both. Like maybe there is some benefit to people remembering that you do at least have the ability to win. Uh, We're going back to the original case of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and that counts. It does. And and because Kevin Owens was made to look stronger because he got a clean victory over Ryback instead of getting an eye gouge victory. I mean, both were effective, and I didn't have a problem with the eye gouge victory. But the fact that now he gets the second victory and it's no, you can't. Now who do you put Kevin Owens up against? Well, he hopefully Cesaro. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, he fought him at SummerSlam. He had him on Raw already. But, the, I mean, those are great matches. The Kevin Owens-Cesaro, I would like to see that feud continue. Um, I thought the matches on Raw this week were incredible. All of them that I, I think Neville Del Rio somehow Neville was harder to defeat than John Cena was. Um, but that was a good match. Um, <laughs> the Ziggler match was good with Big E. Yeah, the New Day matches were good, solid. They were they're always good through and through. And uh, the what's it called match, the Owen Cesaro match, and then the Fatal Four Way was incredible. That was a great idea. Yeah, number one. Uh, this is a lesson. TNA is trying to figure out who their champion is through the most convoluted series of matchup and tournaments, and there's points involved, oh, it's like and March it's Madness. round robin, and it's going over the course of months. Do you see how simply in one night we can figure out who the number one contender is? It's fair. And do it in a compelling manner. Well, then you don't get to, like, lengthen that storyline for six more weeks, but (laughs) it's going to do it in a night. We'll figure it out next week. Right. I like that. I think they did it in the right way. I mean, 
you know, you kind of had to know that Roman Reigns was going to win. But uh, I think they did it in a very compelling way. And what do you think about this? Maybe it was just the San Diego crowd. <laughs> or maybe people are turning around. Because Roman Reigns was cheered when he won Big last time. night. And the fact that you can get cheered, you can pin Kevin Owens as a good guy and still get cheered and be Roman Reigns, that's a very good sign unless it's just geographically based. Why would you think that that was just territorial? Uh, because I don't think Roman Reigns has that kind of credibility with the audience. Because I would say back in Rumble time in Philly, mm-hmm. that was they were, I'm sure other areas don't like Roman Reigns, but I think Philly especially didn't like Roman Reigns. Yeah, there was definitely that, but that uh, ended up trickling through the uh, world. The ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, that trickled through the WWE universe, if you will, after that. Um, do you think... That, I think it was the match that has started to put him over. Now, do you think... I think it was... It's the, like an uptick. I think it was the podcast he was on last week. He came off likable and uh, and uh, good. <laughs> However, however, do you think that that match is enough that it will actually turn the crowd or is it was that a one? No, I think that's been a slow ramp as much as 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 much as you're surprised by the fact that he was cheered. I think it's we've started seeing it week by week. Do you think he's back in a good position? Yes, you do, because you also didn't know he was going to get booed at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, I've gotten smarter and older (laughs) since then. That was almost a year ago. I've matured. Yeah. Um. Well, I, um, I was like, I'm going to go change my Roman Reigns shirt in the women's restroom. I'll be back. <laughs> well, okay, then you tell me what happens. because, And I hate to be a spoiler alert, but as a wrestling fan, there's one direction all this is going. Who's going to turn on who here? Is Ambrose turning on Reigns or is Reigns turning on Ambrose? Because it's happening and it's happening soon. Uh, what do you think? Well, if you had asked me a week ago... I would have said Roman Reigns is definitely turning on Ambrose. I think Roman Reigns should turn on Ambrose. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Roman Reigns turn on Ambrose and Rollins come to Ambrose aid. I wouldn't mind a little switcheroo. Mm. You know? Cause I, uh, I don't know how viable that would be. What if the, what if, tell me if this is viable. What if the authority, who've done nothing but give Seth Rollins a hard time, Side with Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view. What if they screw Seth Rollins because they want Roman Reigns to be their guy? Is that viable? More viable. Oh, we're getting somewhere. And then... Better number one or two. (laughs) One or two. The eye doctor. I know exactly what you're doing. One or two. Then they think you're dumb because you're like, can you do it like five more times because I'm just listening to your voice and it's weird. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm dozing off. (laughs) Um... So, okay, so what happens, so the authority takes Rollins' side, I mean, Roman's side, okay. So then Ambrose goes, hey, what happened? Like, I thought we were buddies. And Roman goes, I go where the money goes, and I'm the champion now. And I, I, got, I got screwed out of the title at WrestleMania because I was listening to these fans who were booing me. I'm going to go where the money goes, and I'm going to go with the authority. Screw you, Ambrose. And then, you know... You got uh, maybe Roman Reigns and somebody else, and, and Ambrose needs a partner. Well, who's, who's a common enemy of Roman Reigns now? Well, that's Seth Rollins. Because Seth Rollins doesn't stay a, a, an evil person if the authority turns their back on him. No, he's very sympathetic now at this point. So now you're in a situation where you do have Ambrose and Rollins in a position where they can work together. And Ambrose is a little crazy, and Rollins is kind of a wiener. And it, you could still do both of those as good guys. 
Because now Rollins can go to the ring and he can do his flips and he can be fast and he can beat people and people can feel free to cheer him, which is what's going to happen anyway if he starts doing those moves. Remember his performance at the Royal Rumble in January when he did that ridiculous move off the top rope? The Phoenix Splash? Yeah. You can't do that as a real bad guy because you can't get that move booed. Phoenix Moonsault Splash? What was it? I believe that's exactly what it's called. (laughs) Wimbledon? Phoenix Moonsault Wimbledon (laughs) Splash? Um... You can't do that move as a bad guy because nobody will ever boo that move because it's incredible. That move will only ever be true. Yeah, I mean, then you're going to tell me two of Kevin Owens' moves aren't amazing too. Well, Kevin Owens, this is why Kevin Owens is a genius and that's why he acts like he's going to do certain moves. And then doesn't do them. And then does reverse chin locks and stuff because (laughs) he's an evil guy and he knows how to do it. Um, That's what I would hope happen i think the smartest long-term thing would be i think it's time for a rollins reigns reverse switch let's switch them up let's change them because all three of those guys are main event guys so let's switch them what is honestly probably going to happen is they're going to continue to try to make roman reigns the next john cena and ambrose is going to turn on him and it's not going to work because roman reigns is not the next john cena he's the first roman reigns just like john cena was not the next hulk hogan or stone cold or bret hart He's the first John Cena. That's what my whole rant last week. You, uh, that was yours and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. He's not the next anyone. He's just John Cena. Right. Right. Seth Rollins is not the next Shawn Michaels. He's Seth Rollins. Right. Roman Reigns is not the next whatever. So I do worry that, that what's going to happen is because the vibe that I got on the promo on Raw this week was that Ambrose may turn on Reigns because he's the lunatic fringe. And if that happens, that would be a shame. Because Ambrose is going to do fine either way. And Roman Reigns with, uh, with, with, with Ambrose and Rollins is the bad guys. He's not going to survive that. I mean, he'll, he'll be in the company. He'll survive it, but it's not going to work. Roman Reigns is, you know, it's not going to work right now. I could easily see him being a bad guy, telling the fans to go screw themselves, being badass, and then being able to turn back to a good guy eventually. And being, then maybe you can be the top guy in the company. Because I think Roman Reigns is great, and he's a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah, as you've said before. I mean, he's super. He's so cute. So Ten cute. Out of a thousand. Out of a thousand. Cute. More like moot. <laughs> what? what? Moot. What's yeah, like mean? a moot point. Okay, okay whatever. Sure. 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 Okay. You know that Rick Springfield song, the point is probably moot. Oh. People think he says mute, but he says moot. Oh. Why are you yelling? Yeah, sure, you're shouting. I'm telling the referee. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Refgate. Yeah, refgate. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I think, what I, what I would like to see happen. Is that crazy? No. It's you, probably it's going A or it's going B. Right. I like B, I guess. I don't know which one's A and which one's B, but the one where Roman Reigns is a bad guy, that's the one I like. You've been doing pretty well, so I'll take whichever one you're taking. Right. Now, the one thing Raw needs is more six-person tag matches because there's just <laughs> not enough. <laughs> it's only appropriate. The Survivor Series is coming up. Well, I mean, it's like, come on. We got Divas in a six-person tag match. Then throw Sheamus in a six-person tag. And then we got New Day, three people. Everybody's just like, we need everybody on the buddy system. <laughs> okay, so that's two? No, three buddies. What? Uh, Mr. McMahon, the buddy system is two people. God damn it, it's three people. The buddy system's three people. Everybody needs to have buddies. Everybody's got buddies. I've got Shane and Stephanie. That's three. I've got 
a leash and Brie, but since we're genetically the same person, I really just have a leash and Brie, she's a bonus. That's right. Everybody pay attention to Nikki. She knows what she's talking about. All the time. Pay attention to me. I don't know if that was a correct sentence, but I'll take it. Thanks, Vince. Let's go, pal. <laughs> All right, Linendall. I think we've done what we set out to do. Da, da. Yeah. We went a little long, but it was worth it. Oops. A lot happening in this world. We didn't even get to half the stuff. So we'll get to it next week. What do you say? We'll get to it next week. We'll, we'll get to it next week. Yeah, let's make sure of it. Thanks. <laughs> See y'all later. Shalski. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.